Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, today we're going to talk about hashtag master charmer, also known as master manipulators. Master manipulators love codependent people. I have been getting a lot of master manipulator family dynamics in my caseload at work recently, so I thought it would be a good time to talk about my experiences and what a master charmer is and how you can know the signs to look out for to protect yourself from those hashtag master charmers. A charmer is also known as a manipulator. All humans want to get their needs met, but manipulators use passive methods to slyly influence someone. First, let's talk about what master manipulators looks like. There are four common characteristics of a manipulator. One is a person who knows how to detect your weakness and use it against you. For me, my ex-husband knew that I was very naive when we met and I didn't know much about the drug world or players, people who played the field. I just was super naive and he was able to assess that quickly and use it to his advantage to live a double lifestyle that I didn't know about because he knew that I wouldn't catch the signs or catch on to him because I had no understanding of what that world was like and he slowly introduced me into it like a frog in hot water. The temperature was rising and I didn't recognize because it was so subtle and slow and calculated. The second common characteristic is convinces you to give something of yourself in order to serve their selfishness. So for me, with my ex, this was my ability to communicate and have deep and vulnerable conversations with people and to connect. My ex would criticize me harshly behind closed doors about my ability to have conversations and open up and be vulnerable with people and convinced me that was a negative trait of mine and that I am driving people away and not being able to hold relationships because I make people miserable and uncomfortable with my level of honesty. And so it shut me down so that I wouldn't make relationships with people that he was close to. And I lived in his town if I wasn't close to his friends, and he also didn't allow me to have very many of my own friends, I was isolated into his own little world. And he dictated who I talked to and not because if I got close to someone that knew things about him, he would automatically start telling me to stop talking to that person. They convince you to give up something of yourself. And for me, I gave up a lot of things. But the one example that sticks out for me is me giving up my ability to have vulnerable conversations and honest conversations with people was something that I really smothered for his convenience. And I felt like I gave up that part of myself. And that's such a huge part of me. Anyone that knows me knows that's a huge part of me. The third characteristic is once manipulation works, a manipulator keeps repeating the cycle until a boundary is set. So once a manipulator knows how to manipulate you and Once they figure out how to get what they want, it's just going to be a repeat cycle. 
I'm not saying that every manipulator is completely aware of their manipulation, but that doesn't make it okay. I wasn't aware of all my denial patterns, but that didn't make my denial hurting others an okay thing to do. That example that comes to mind is my ex would always fight with me so he could go to his fraternity and party and do the things that he wanted to indulge in, the lifestyle that I wasn't a part of. I realized after I got away from him that his pattern was to purposely start a fight and make me feel like I'm not worthy of him so he could go out and do whatever he wants and not be afraid that I'm going to not put up with it because I'm spending the whole night trying to figure out why he's upset with me and and I get in this mode of I have to fix it. So by the time he comes home, the attention wasn't on him and how he just abandoned me all night to go party and do God knows what. I was focused on how I can get him back because I was so in fight or flight mode. I just was so triggered of my attachment issues of being abandoned. It would cloud my mind and he knew that I had that abandonment trigger and he used it to his advantage. Fourth characteristic, wears multiple masks. That is a sign that someone is a manipulator. If they can be a godly Christian in front of their family and then they can be a bro around their friends who has no regards to any morals. My ex manipulated me to get what he wanted selfishly. And that's interesting because I don't think that my ex was the only manipulator. I think I was manipulative in a different way. I manipulated him to try to keep the peace. Oftentimes, I would be trying to control a situation to get my outcome. And I think that that's kind of a moral, like they act differently morally, whereas my observation of codependent people and wearing different masks or being a chameleon is that they're just trying to pacify whoever they're around and they're not identifying with who they truly are but they do have I don't know I can say one has moral grounds and one doesn't but I just think that acting different in front of different people and having your morals based on what the people are around you is a red flag not every single person that acts different around different people is a master manipulator or master charmer, but most master charmers carry that characteristic. I'm gonna get into a little bit of my social work cases. I'm a home health social worker, so I go into these people's homes and do visits primarily for people who are not able to get to the doctors and they're homebound for some reason. Due to COVID, almost everyone's homebound because I work with a population that's isolating themselves to protect themselves because they're highly susceptible to issues with COVID. I have had three of these cases where there were master charmers. I had to come out of the house and have a conversation with a colleague about the situation to recognize that I was being manipulated. One was a couple, an elderly couple. The lady had dementia and she has a large trust that, in my opinion, her abusive spouse has been trying to get his hands on. He really made me feel for him because he told me that his stepchildren don't like him. So if he tells them how bad her dementia is getting, they're going to take her away and he can't live without her. And he was master manipulating me in the sense of making me feel like all he's trying to do is do good by his wife and treat her well until he started showing his true colors. And I started seeing the signs because I'm more aware of the patterns of manipulation. He started telling me how the patient couldn't do dishes 
and he had put dishes in the drying rack, which I don't know why you'd put dishes in a drying rack that are not clean, but he rinsed them off and put them in the drying rack and told her to put them in the dishwasher. And she put them all away thinking that they were all clean because they were in the drying rack and that's what normal people do. But anyways, so she put them away and he got very aggressive and upset about the fact that he felt that she was demeaning him and that she was purposely trying to aggravate him by putting the dishes away and not realizing that they were not clean when he had told her five minutes before that they were not clean and he just could not wrap his head around the fact that she has Alzheimer's which means short-term memory loss and she isn't capable of doing tasks like most people are because of her memory deficits And he was getting extremely aggressive about it in front of me to her. And I realized like, oh, something's wrong. This isn't normal. So that's the thing with the dishes is his whole little charmer mask fell off for me at that point because there was a pattern of him getting frustrated with her when she wasn't doing things for him. And he made it clear that she was a wonderful wife and very doting to him. And it's hard for him to understand why she isn't doing her wifely duties as she used to. And then he said he gave her a lecture after he found her underwear was soiled about how she needs to be taking care of herself because it's not his job. And so it's a complete disregard to her illness. And whenever she's not of service to him, it makes him aggravated and angry. It was really scary. It was so scary to see. And she was so manipulated by him and felt so sorry for him and thought that she needed to take care of him. And I think that coming out of that visit and this lady being in this situation with him, just the fact that she's so progressed with her Alzheimer's and she's at the end stages of her life and she's still stuck in this manipulative cycle and there was no freedom story from her no podcast about how she got away from it and just seeing these people that play these patterns their whole life and then end up in a vulnerable situation where they need their loved one to care for them but their loved one's not able to care for them because they're not emotionally healthy enough to think past themselves to be a caregiver for someone else (sighs) that's deep So another case is a husband and wife. His wife is getting to the point in her life where she's not able physically to care for herself, let alone him. And he's used to her doting on him. He admitted to me that he had been putting cocaine and MDMA in her drinks to help her get a little pep in her step so that she could help care for him. He thought that it would be better to drug her into not feeling her ailments so that he could get his needs met instead of finding an appropriate caregiver to care for them. And my mind was just blown. And here's another case of someone who is in a situation where they're giving everything and caring for someone. And in the end, when they need someone to care for them, they have no one there to depend on because the person they think they're going to depend on is not dependable. Then the third case is a relationship with a mom and daughter. And I visited the home and visited with the elderly mother for about 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden their daughter came out of the back room and very paranoid that the mom was talking bad about her. She was asking me, did my mom say negative things about me? Is she talking shit? And I reassured her that her mother wasn't. We weren't talking about her daughter at all. I didn't even know her daughter was in the house. And... Then she goes on to talk about how her mom is really abusive to her and pinches her and throws things at her. 
the mom didn't really say much except that she doesn't understand why the new generation of kids don't feel that they need to respect their elders. But she didn't say that she does anything to her daughter. I'm just kind of falling for it at first thinking, oh, wow, this lady is really trying to take care of her mom and her mom's just being ungrateful and abusive towards her. The daughter starts making comments about, oh, I'm just going to pop her in the face or, oh, I have a metal bat right there and then kept laughing and joking. And then she goes on more to tell me how she's very aggressive with her neighbors and wants to fight everyone. And then she starts telling me stories about her getting in crazy fights with people and all of these stories just start coming out. So then I brought up life alert systems because that's something I commonly talk about with people is, you know, those commercials, I've fallen and I can't get up. I often bring that up with patients who are fall risks and this patient's a fall risk. And the daughter just laughed and was like, oh, well, she just throws shoes at the wall and yells when she falls down. And she goes, it's okay though. Her room's small enough. She can grab her blanket if she falls and just sleep until I wake up. And I said, okay, so she tries to wake you up. Do you wake up? And she laughed and she's like, no. And I looked at the patient. I said, how? How often do you fall down in your room and you're waiting to get help? And the daughter interrupts and goes, it happens all the time. And I go, how long are you on the floor? And the patient goes, oh, one to two hours. My perception is that the daughter was telling me what she was doing to the patient. And it's like she was removing herself from the situation and projecting onto the patient how she behaves towards the patient. I think that by the end of the conversation, I realized that the daughter has a dependency on drugs. And the patient protected her daughter and her daughter is isolating her from the rest of her children because her mom is allowing the behavior. And now her mom's getting to an age where she's fragile. Just a disclaimer, I did report all of these incidences. The moral of my story is, is that these three cases were all cases of codependent people who created this cycle of allowing people to manipulate and abuse them. And these three examples were all families that when I first went into the home, I was convinced that the master charmer was the victim in the situation. And then something would occur in the visit that would make me see the red flags and I could see the situation for what it really is. But I don't think if I didn't have my recovery and my experiences with manipulation and my education, I would be able to see it. I think I would be riding that crazy train of delusion and manipulation and not being able to advocate for these people properly. I think that just having these cases come up so frequently once I decided to create a platform about codependency really told me in my gut that this needs to happen because I really hope that I can just help someone have some understandings of codependency and the different dynamics of it so that they can see situations in their life for what they really are and make the right steps to get out of that situation. If you relate to this or if you think you might have a master charmer in your life pulling on your puppet strings, then here are some steps you can take. The first thing is what you're doing right now, listening to the podcast, educating yourself on manipulation, because you know what? Knowledge is power. The second is know you have a right to be treated with respect, express your feelings, opinions, and wants. And this is something that seems simple, but it's really important because codependents 
often don't know their self-worth. One of the codependency patterns is low self-esteem. People who have low self-esteem don't always realize that they have a right to be treated with respect and that they have a right to express themselves, their feelings, opinions, and wants. The third thing you could do is distance yourself from those who exhibit manipulative traits. After you do step one and you educate yourself, in step two, you know that you're worthy of being treated respectfully, then you can start noticing when people are treating you in a way that isn't respectful. And you can understand when people are using manipulation tactics to try to get what they want. That would lead you to step three, where you can decide, you know what, I'm going to pull myself out of the situation. Because like I said, with my three patients, when I walked into their house, there was a period that my emotions were so confused because they're so good at what they do. And getting people to feel sorry for them, that I had to take myself and distance myself from those situations and really do some meditation and yoga and process what happened in those homes because it was so manipulative and confusing. I needed that distance to be able to get my mind on straight and assess the situation to be able to make a viable adult protective services report you get sucked in. It's crazy. They're like leeches, those manipulative leeches. Distance really does someone really good. Number four is to avoid negative self-talk. And this is actually my homework that I've been working on with my therapist the last couple weeks is she told me I'm not allowed to call myself a bitch, which... I didn't realize how much I did it until she gave me that homework because in my family of origin, we use that word very freely. And every time I was being assertive, that's what my family would call me. And it really affected me. So when I act out a little bit or I have opinions about something, I'll often say sorry for being a bitch to my husband. And I told my therapist that and she's like, that needs to stop. That is something you can get rid of right now. Anyways, the reason that she doesn't want me using that word and I'm telling all of you to avoid negative self-talk is because if we talk bad about ourselves, we are building a tolerance for negativity towards ourselves. And if we talk positive and we build a habit of talking positive and believing in ourselves and having self-worth, then we're not going to allow other people to tear us down because we don't normalize it. So me calling myself a bitch is normalizing that word makes my alarm not go off so much when someone else calls me it because I'm making that behavior okay in my head. The less I hear myself say that word about myself, the more likely I will stand up for myself when someone calls me a name like that. And also my husband who has never called me a bitch, if I keep saying I'm sorry I'm a bitch, it sounds like I'm giving him permission to use that word too. And that's another thing that my therapist brought to my attention that's a little concerning. So then number five is to confront a request or demand from your manipulator. An example of this is if your manipulator is demanding or requesting something ridiculous from you and they're being manipulative, you can bring attention to their behavior by asking something like, are you asking me or telling me? This is my example because it makes me think of my family of origin. If the manipulator says, get me a beer and you realize your self-worth and you're like, 
it's not my job. We're both sitting just as far from the refrigerator. Instead of being like, no, get your own freaking beer and getting them on the defensive mode, you could just say, are you asking me or are you telling me to get you a beer? And that directness is going to throw them off the carousel of manipulation that you've been jumping on every time. And you're just going to let that carousel go right by and they are not going to know what to do with themselves. So if you decide to take this step, I want to hear your story. Please tell me how they react. <laughs> I want to know. And then number six, when you're feeling manipulated and the manipulator is trying to convince you of something, say that you'll think about it instead of agreeing to what they say in the moment. This is something that I inherited from being raised by a manipulator is my husband and my close family and friends have told me that I get on tangents where if I really believe something, I can convince someone to buy sand at a beach kind of situation. I just get so passionate that I talk about it incessantly until someone agrees with my point. And that's something I'm trying to learn not to do because everybody can have their own opinion. And part of being mature is having opinions and respecting that other people have differing opinions than you. I was very much raised to have the beliefs of the manipulators in my life. And so that was normalized for me to think that if I have a belief that if someone cares about you, they'll have the same belief as you. And so I've had to learn to not do this as well and that people have a right to their decisions. This one really is if you're in a situation where you're feeling pressured. So let's say you have a friend that you have a codependent relationship with and it's someone that you go out and have a night out on the town with, but sometimes that leads to decisions that you regret, like staying out too late and you have to work the next day. But this friend is very convincing about getting you to go out and you've recognized that you keep saying yes to going when it doesn't fit with your morals or what you're trying to do. So the next time you're in a situation where that person is trying to talk you into going out, just say, oh, I'll think about it and know that giving that space can give you the time to think about how you're going to respond and come up with a plan or maybe call a mentor or a sponsor or a therapist and talk it through with them about how you can respond to this situation in a healthier way to be assertive and not manipulated into situations that you don't want to do and you're just doing to people please. Number seven is to learn how to say no. So that kind of goes with number six. Number six gives you time to learn how to say no. Learning how to say no is important. Saying no is respecting yourself. And that's something I really had to learn. It's not disrespecting others. It's respecting you. And then the last but not least, learn how to set boundaries. I love boundaries. Everyone in my life who knows how much I love boundaries probably hates boundaries. I plan on creating an episode on boundaries in the near future. If you are interested in learning more about boundaries prior to the episode, my friends over at Audible have a great book explaining everything you need to know. The book is called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. I recommend you check out the book Boundaries if you struggle with master charmers in your life. As a home health social worker, my workday consists of a lot of traveling to patients' homes. I use my time wisely by catching up on my favorite books and podcasts by listening to Audible while driving. Thanks to Audible, they are offering a free 30-day trial that includes one audiobook to any Beatrice Spills the Beans listener. Take advantage of the offer and get a head start learning about boundaries for yourself at audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B.
All right, friends. So that is the episode hashtag Master Charmer. And if you have any thoughts or comments on Master Charmers in your life or your experiences with Master Charmers, I would love to hear from you at my email, codependency at BeatriceSpillsTheBeans.com or on my Instagram at Beatrice underscore Spills the Beans. All right, guys, remember, awareness sparks growth, my friends. Thank you for hanging out with me, B. While I'm finding out how to be me, I hope I empower you to be you.